0: Hello and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today, I'm speaking with David Shannon, the author and artist behind dozens of books for children, including No David, which received a 1999 Caldecott honor, as well as A Bad Case of Stripes, Too Many Toys, Bugs in My Hair, and several other books featuring the disruptive young David. His latest picture book is Duck on a Tractor. It's just been published by Blue Sky Press, an imprint of Scholastic, which is sponsoring this podcast. Duck on a Tractor is a sequel to Shannon's 2002 picture book, Duck on a Bike. In that book, Duck spent a day zipping around the barnyard on a red bicycle, and eventually persuaded his fellow animals to follow suit. But after all these years, it looks like Duck's need for speed remains just as strong. With the keys left in the farm's tractor, it isn't long before Duck is driving it around and having the other animals climb aboard, much to the disbelief of local citizens after they make their way into town. David, thanks for speaking with me.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: So like I said, it's been, I think, almost 15 years since you originally published Duck on a Bike. What led you to return to this character?
1: (laughs) I know that's kind of weird, isn't it? You know, the last page of Duck on a Bike is a picture of Duck looking at the tractor kind of quizzically. And it says, The End. So it's you know, it should probably have a question mark after The End. And I actually, I didn't intend to uh, do a sequel. I just put that in there as kind of a funny ending. Over the years, lots of kids have written me and come up to me at signings and asked when I was going to do Duck on a Tractor. And I always told them that I might not, so why don't they do it? So uh, I actually have a collection of Duck on a Tractors done by kids. Then uh, a couple of years ago, Duck on a Bike was chosen for uh, the One Book for Colorado program where they, they give a, a copy of the book to, I think, every kid between the grades of kindergarten through second grade. And part of the deal with that is that I go down to Colorado and I did a week of school visits and events and pajama parties and stuff. And I read Duck on a Bike about 25 or 30 times. And on the way home, I got an idea for duck on a tractor. So that's where it came from.
0: Very good. Your David books are are very popular, and you've at least four or five of them, I think. Even before the uh, Colorado one book thing, is this book one that has, you know, based on what you hear from fans, one that has stayed pretty popular over the years as well?
1: Yeah, it really has. Um, I, you know, that was obviously a question when I decided to to do a sequel is, uh, well, does anybody even remember duck on a bike? But like I said, I kept getting letters and comments from, from kids and stuff, and it was still selling fairly well. So that didn't seem to be a problem.
0: Was it easy to slip back into, to duck's world, both from, you know, a story perspective and a visual uh, standpoint?
1: You know, it was easy from the story standpoint, but somewhere in between the two books, I switched from acrylics to oils. So, um, I had to kind of compensate a little bit for that.
0: And so you went back to acrylics for this book then?
1: No, I, I painted in, I painted the new book in oils. Okay. Yeah.
0: So was it a struggle, or not a struggle, but was it a challenge, I guess, then to sort of recreate maybe the look of, of the first book?
1: Yeah, I decided I didn't, you know, I would try to keep the colors and everything uh, and the drawing and characters and stuff. Uh, the same. But I decided, you know, I, I'm, I'll pretty much match it, but I feel like I paint better in oils, So uh, I didn't see any reason to to try to paint worse. <laughs> so yeah, there's a few things that are different and a few, a lot of things that are the same.
0: You know, there's a lot of, you know, chaotic moments in this book. And the same is certainly true of, of your David book and probably the original Duck book as well. Do you feel like either acrylics or oils are better for conveying that kind of energy and disruption
1: um i think really the um i think the drawing is the main thing as far as conveying chaos i think it's it's more of a um the motion of the characters the body language the just the point of view the changing points of view and as far as what medium they're done in that's kind of secondary i think
0: and what was it that led you to switch uh to oils when you did start that
1: well, you know, I was, I was at a point where I was kind of tired of painting. And, you know, my strategy for acrylics was really to make them look like they were done in oils. And I was just looking for something to kind of add interest to, to painting. And, and um, I realized that my daughter was, was no longer of an age where she might eat my paint. And my studio wasn't in the house anymore so it wouldn't stink up the house to paint in oils and um and I had a story called uh, Jangles which is uh it's about a big fish and it really lent itself to some of the things you can do with oil painting with landscapes and things like that so uh I just decided to to switch and and uh it was it's, it was just so wonderful it's much more relaxing to paint in oils because they don't dry so fast
0: so uh a big part of both this book and Duck on a Bike is uh, the disconnect between what characters are saying and what they're thinking? Um, you know, when the pigs oink, we learn that they're actually thinking, "Ah, this shirt beats walking." Yeah. Is that something that interests you in general? You know, the difference between our outer in- and inner selves, or is that just you know a, com- a good comedic hook that you wanted to hang the story on?
1: No, I think I think that's something that interests me, and that w- that was really the um, the main focus of Duck on a Bike was how these animals. Just the, the, the whole idea that people don't always say what they think. Um, because these an- in Duck on a Bike, they were all reacting to Duck's new idea. So some of them thought it was great. Some of them were threatened by it. And uh, some of them were acting like they thought it was great, but didn't like it or were afraid of it. And so I kind of continued that with uh, Duck on a Tractor, only in this case it's more the townspeople are reacting to seeing this incredible sight of animals driving down the street. And some of them embrace it. Some of them don't want to believe their eyes. Some of them are afraid of what uh, other people will think of them if they tell anybody. I'm a big fan of Bigfoot. (laughs) It's kind of like that.
0: Obviously, there's a lot of visual comedy in the book, too. and You mentioned body language before. Um, but it does feel like a lot of it is, in some ways, due to the way you frame the, the different scenes. You know, In one, we're looking up at sheep from below as she's leaping overhead onto the tractor.
1: Right. And
0: in, in another one, there's this close-up of chicken running around one of the tractor's wheels like it's a hamster wheel. Ahead of time, you know, as the book is coming together, are you sketching out and trying out a lot of different possible compositions for each of these scenes?
1: Yeah, a lot of times... Um you know it depends on the book but a lot of times I'll, I'll be visualizing the images as i'm writing and then once the story is really in pretty good shape i i start doing lots of little thumbnail sketches um and just trying out all sorts of different ideas um i kind of look at a children's book as it, it's kind of like directing a little movie so um you know the actors are are the drawing and you can do all sorts of things as far as point of view, which you call camera angle, I guess, and lighting and just the setting and all all those things go into uh, expressing the story.
0: And how late into the process do you let yourself maybe swap out certain scenes, change them, fine tune them and that sort of thing?
1: Uh, All the way to the end. Sometimes I'll be almost finished with the whole book and Realize that uh, oh, this scene would be so much better if I did this. And I learned a long time ago that it's it's much better to just take the time to start over and do a piece you're really believing in than uh, trying to finish a book with uh, in a way that you know isn't as good as it could be.
0: This sounds like a good time to maybe talk about your editorial relationship a little bit. Uh, I think this book and many of your other ones have all been published by Blue Sky Press. Um, is it Bonnie Verberg you've been working with over the yeah, years? Yeah, Bonnie
1: Verberg. I've been, I've been with Bonnie for many years, and we, you know, we're very comfortable working with each other, and she always makes my books better. Sometimes she'll make a suggestion, and I, w- I won't necessarily – Think that's the way to go, but what I will do is is say, well, she's obviously having a problem with this. There's a problem with this part of the book, and then I'll go back and and uh, sort of investigate that. We always end up with something better.
0: And she knows to expect uh, changes right up until the end at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll, you know, sometimes if I, if it's a, if it's a pretty major change, I'll I'll run it past her first because uh, there's also the possibility. With every book, it takes about a year to do the illustrations, and right around the end, or three-quarters of the way through, right around there, I always get a feeling that the whole book is terrible. <laughs> and, and I should just start the whole thing over. So um, at that point, it's usually a good idea to, to talk with Bonnie and, uh, so that she can tell me I'm being silly.
0: You know, I feel like your, your work is somewhat evenly split between uh, illustrating books from other writers, you know, John Sheska, Jane Yolen, uh, Robbie Robertson recently, um, and creating books that are entirely your own. Um, creatively, do you feel like you're, you end up exercising different muscles depending on which one of those you're doing?
1: Yes. Um, the, uh, the thing about doing somebody else's story is that uh, it'll take me someplace that I wouldn't go by myself so that's that's always a it's a challenge and it's always interesting it you know it leads to new ways of doing things the great thing about doing my own story is that I can do it sort of simultaneously I can be writing and illustrating kind of at the same time and I can change anything I want to whereas if it's somebody else's story and that's that's another interesting thing it's a challenge to uh, to be locked into that story and have to see things from different points of view. I can't just say, Oh, well, I'm not very good at drawing that. So I'm just going to scrap that part (laughs) because it's not my story. So I have to work until, uh, until I get it right.
0: And if, you know, a manuscript lands on your desk from another writer is in general, is there something that will, you know, if you see it, you're going to like, Oh, this is something I want to do. And like something that makes you want to say yes to a, a project like that.
1: Um, yeah, I always look for a few things. I look for, um, good images, um, and whether, uh, it's right for me to illustrate, whether it's the kind of thing that, that I can bring something to. And then I also look for what I call the, the tingle factor, which is, um, something about the story that, that, uh, kind of makes the, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, either, either an emotional thing or, uh, or a, a thematic element, something like that, that really makes it special.
0: And you've been working for in children's books for you know a few decades now. What seem like uh, what seem like the biggest changes to you at this point?
1: Um, well, it's not as much of a of a sort of a homespun industry as it once was, and of course, just the nature of of uh, how books are sold. Uh, when I started out, they were. They were basically sold in independent bookstores. Then the chains came through um, and upset everything there, and then now the online things. So that, that really changes, um, changes the number of books. It changes the types of books that are published, I think. I think marketing uh, plays a bigger part now than it used to. But it's still, I mean, it's, it, people are still doing great stuff um, with words and pictures, and that's the main thing.
0: You know, and I believe you got your start in editorial illustration. Is that something you still have time for, or given the the amount of uh, time that goes into making these books, is that your sole focus now?
1: Yeah, that's my sole focus i I really haven't worked in uh, editorial um, for a long time. One thing about switching to oils, though is I had so much fun with it that I said, well i've got to, I want to do some canvases." Like I was a real artist, <laughs> so in between books, I I break out the big canvases and and uh, I'm fooling around with some abstract stuff and things like that.
0: Have you shown any of that work at all? Or?
1: No, I you know I just I I do it just for myself, but um, I've got a few of them now, so I'm I'm kind of starting to entertain the uh, idea that it might be nice to have a show.
0: And uh, did I see that you're you're basically, you know, with the book just out, kind of in the midst of doing some events for it?
1: Yeah, I did my first events this week, um, which were a lot of fun. The kids were they were liking that tractor. <laughs> <laughs> then I started a uh national tour in about uh 2 weeks.
0: Very good. And do you often incorporate uh art demonstrations into part of those uh events?
1: Yeah, I usually and I've been doing this for years and I keep waiting for people to get tired of it, but but so far, so good um I usually uh demonstrate how to draw the David character, which uh it, it entails a lot of biographical uh information
0: and are there um other projects that you're uh already diving into that are keeping you busy now?
1: always yeah
0: anything you can uh talk about yet
1: um not really uh they're just not far enough along yet, so that I feel comfortable talking about them. But yeah, I'm always, I'm always messing around with stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, I know you, you, weren't sure, you know, 15 years ago that you'd, you'd revisit duck, but what about now? Do you think there's a chance of a, a third book at all?
1: Well, he's not looking at a truck or anything at, on the last page of duck on a tractor. So I think it's probably just gonna, just gonna be these two, although, you know, that, that is the obvious choice because it rhymes is duck on a truck.
0: Hmm. Well, you can wait and see what the kids tell you. Maybe they'll let you know. That's
1: right. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, congratulations again on this book, and uh, thanks again for speaking with me. Ah, uh, thank you. Once again, I've been speaking with David Shannon, whose picture book Duck on a Tractor is out now from Scholastic. Thank you for listening to PW KidsCast.